welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone. This is episode 79 of the Paul Stone Sports podcast coming from you Thanksgiving morning, Thursday, November 24th. Almost 9.50 a.m. Central Time. And I hope you are either, as I'm recording anyway, in route to be with family and or friends. And hope you're able to spend this Thanksgiving day and this weekend uh, doing what you like to do. And if you're listening to this podcast, some of that might uh, include watching or listening to college football. So we're going to have a hopefully slightly shorter podcast than typical since it is the holiday but this uh, week's episode again episode 79 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast simply titled Just Checking In and I'm going to start out uh, first of all um, by talking about some teams from certain conferences that I think might be worth a look come bowl season. Uh, the bowl matchups will start being announced next Sunday, first Sunday in December, the New Year's Six, of course the playoff pairings, and then the other bowls will start being announced Sunday. They'll start trickling in, and those numbers will start appearing probably as early as Sunday, and certainly by that Monday we'll have numbers on the bowl game. So I'm going to give you some recommendations, but keep in mind that these recommendations are given uh, not knowing, you know, who the teams will be playing uh, that I'm that I'm recommending. I'm just saying I think, you know, all things being equal, that these teams might be excited about playing in their bowl game, which is important, and that they might draw the type of opponent uh, that would give them uh, optimal opportunity to perhaps win or get the cover. But I've just got five teams here, and I'll just kind of go over them. Brief comment on each. We're going to start in the American Athletic Conference. The East Carolina Pirates, last year, they qualified, if you remember, for their first bowl since 2014. But you might also remember that that bowl game was ultimately canceled. They were scheduled to play Boston College. Bowl game gets canceled. Now they're bowl eligible again this year. And I think they're going to be even hungrier because they they were preparing and uh, hoping to play in a bowl last year. They do have a veteran quarterback in Houghton Aylers, who is a dual threat guy. He's played a lot of football. Seems like he's been there for about ten years. But when you got a veteran quarterback, a hungry team that's going to be excited about being in a bowl game, I think East Carolina uh, might be worth a look when the pairings are announced. Going to go to the Big Twelve and. Uh, Talk about the Texas Longhorns. You know, I think they're going to be excited about playing in a bowl game. I think they're the best four-loss 
team in all of college football. Uh, you know, kind of surprisingly, this year their defense has really been good. I mean, they're they're top ten, top fifteen good on defense, and they're really power ranking wise, they're a top ten team. Period. Uh, but they've got an excellent defense. It's their offense that has been sporadic. Uh, certainly their quarterback play, uh, Quinn Ewers, who is essentially a true freshman, uh, has been very inconsistent throughout the season. Uh, and they've lost some close games. Uh, they could be, uh, you know, they could be much closer to playoff contention than they are at the present. But I think the Texas Longhorns will be an interesting team to follow in their bowl game. And uh, depending on who they draw as an opponent, I would think they might draw a marquee opponent and uh, could be an interesting game there. I'm going to stay in the state of Texas and look at Conference USA, uh, the North Texas Mean Green. This is a team primarily that I like heading into the bowl season just because of their current trajectory. They seem to be playing their best football right now. Uh, They've got a uh, fairly prolific Offense with 29-year-old quarterback Austin Oni, who uh, many of you might know, uh, went into minor league baseball after his high school football career, so got off to a late start in college football. So he's, I believe, maybe the oldest quarterback in FBS uh, football this year. But North Texas, I like the direction uh, that they're headed currently. So depending on their opponent, I think North Texas might be a team to watch during the bowl season as well. Going to another Power 5 conference in the Pac-12, the Washington Huskies. Much like North Texas, this is a team that uh, just is playing well. They've won five straight games under first-year head coach Kalen DeBoer. Uh, they have a first-year quarterback, a first-year quarterback at Washington anyway, in Michael Penix Jr., uh, who actually, during his freshman year at Indiana, his offensive coordinator was none other than Kalen DeBoer. So that's uh, the reason he ended up in Seattle. But, man, they're playing good right now. Penix is throwing the ball downfield. He's not going to get any Heisman. um, I shouldn't say he's not going to get any Heisman consideration, but he's certainly not considered one of the top contenders in this wide-open race. But I think he probably merits some consideration. He's really, uh, man, he's really elevated his game. uh, And he stayed away from injuries. He's been injury-prone throughout much of his college career, but he's been healthy this year. And last but not least, uh, five teams to look at with the bowl season almost upon us. The bowl announcements about um, 10 days away in the Sunbelt Conference, the South Alabama Jaguars. It's going to be their first bowl appearance since 2016. One of the better teams in the Sunbelt. And the Sunbelt's really a a good conference this year. Uh, They're one of the better group of five leagues out there. If you remember earlier this year, they took UCLA to the brink at the Rose Bowl on the road. Could have won that game as easily as they lost it. Nothing fluky about their performance. Uh, Not like they benefited from five turnovers or scored some defensive touchdowns or special team touchdowns or anything like that. They just went toe-to-toe with the Bruins, who are a very good Power 5 team. I think South Alabama worth a look during the bowl season as well. So I was asked, I'm going to shift gears now to college basketball. I was doing an interview yesterday on Wednesday, the 23rd of November, uh, and I was asked about, you know, any impressions you have so far 
regarding the 2022-23 college basketball season. And one of the things I talked about is just, you know, if I, I could pick one team right now to win it all, and it's early, I mean, it's Thanksgiving Day, long way from uh, that Monday game in April. But, man, the Houston Cougars uh, under Kelvin Sampson are good. Uh, they're very good. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, again, if I was given that one, one pick, I would uh, I would go with the Cougars. I looked at uh, Jeff Sagren's ranking, somebody that I refer to, and many of you are also familiar with Ken Palm, uh, which college basketball handicappers use extensively, Ken Palm being Ken Pomeroy. But looking first at Sagarin's top four teams uh, starting today in order. Number one, Houston, Gonzaga two, Baylor three, and Texas four. And then Ken Pomeroy, Ken Palm has Texas number one, uh, Houston number two, Gonzaga number three, and Kentucky number four. A team right on the brink uh, of the top ten, Arizona, 12th in Sagarin's rankings. Ninth in Pomeroy's rankings. Man, they played uh, well out in uh, Hawaii this week. Uh, I think they're certainly a uh, top ten team and, and maybe even closer to a top five team. That's a highly talented bunch that can score from a lot of different places on the floor, all five positions. And uh, Arizona, I think, is worth a look. Looking at these uh, Texas Longhorns, you know, in Chris Beard's second year, uh, certainly an intriguing bunch as well. Some of you saw Arkansas play uh, this week as, as well in, in Hawaii. Um, had a close game last night. I think they beat San Diego State uh, by maybe three uh, out in Hawaii. Uh, had a real competitive game the day before against Creighton uh, and lost that game by narrow margin as well, or, or lost that game by narrow margin. But uh, – this Arkansas team, very, very talented, and you probably saw it on display if you saw any of their games this week. But they played a scrimmage, uh, not a regular season game, but a scrimmage against Texas at the Moody Center, which is the new facility there uh, that is being utilized for concerts, entertainment, uh, and University of Texas uh, basketball. So it was like a real game. Uh, it was about a week before the season started. Uh, they kept score. They had fans in the stands, which a lot of these scrimmages, preseason scrimmages, are played in private, and it's hard to get you know good information as to who prevailed or who looked the best and that type of thing. But Texas beat Arkansas, I think, by a little over 30 points uh, in that scrimmage. They beat about at least 30. So that tells you you know how good this Texas team can be when they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, they also last week, uh, many of you saw that game as well, beat Gonzaga by 19 points uh, there in Austin, uh, and the Zags never really in the game. That game was in Austin, though, so we'll see how the Longhorns can can do when they get away from their shiny new Moody Center and uh, can have to start playing some games on neutral sites uh, and on the road. I think that's the true measure of a college basketball team. They do play Creighton at home in Austin on Thursday, December 1st. That's a must-watch game if you're a big college basketball fan. And then five days later, uh, on Tuesday, the 6th of December, they play Illinois, another highly nationally ranked team, at a neutral site, uh, the historic Madison Square Garden. So a couple of big games coming up for the Longhorns in uh 
non-conference. So those games will be interesting as well. Going to give a quick plug to my sports service here. And uh, after a slow start in college football, by my standards, Paul Stone Sports now 19-7 and against the spread over the past three weekends as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. You can get this week's premium selections. I've already released four games this week and will release you know at least one or two more. Also can get next week's selections in the conference championship games and then all the way through uh, the bowl games. I love the bowls uh, through the national championship game in mid-January. Uh, mid so all of my college football from today all the way through the national championship game for just $1.99. If interested, uh, please visit paulstonesports.org. Uh, you'll also, uh, once there, see my college football, or college basketball, rather, full season package and some other packages listed as well. Again, if interested, that's paulstonesports.org. You know, the bowls, I touched on them earlier, talking about five teams that I would recommend at least taking a look at uh, depending on their bowl opponent and destination and so forth. But the bowls, they've always been a unique handicap because some teams have motivation, some teams really don't. But now they've become even more interesting and a more convoluted handicap, if you will, uh, than ever before with the added layer uh, of some high-profile players electing to opt out of the bowl games and not play. Uh, you know, it certainly means more work, uh, more work for us handicappers as we try to uncover the uh, information before it becomes widely known uh, and available to the entire betting marketplace. Uh, that information being, you know, which players are going to opt out. And last year, you know, before the bowl game, something it's tricky. You know, I like to bet early, and you just can't be quite as aggressive with bowl games in today's climate as in past years because there are some late opt-outs and you don't want to get stuck, you know, laying um, 10 when at kickoff they're only laying three because the quarterback or whatever. But last year I took an over on Pitt and I also took Pitt in the game because Kenny Pickett, who was a Heisman Trophy finalist, had indicated that he would indeed play in the bowl game and, and, you know, the way that I read it, I thought he was, and I think at the time he was being uh, upfront, being truthful, and that was his full intention. But then his offensive coordinator takes another job, uh, leaves Pitt, you know, before the bowl game, and Pickett subsequently says, well, I'm not going to play after all. So you have to be careful in betting early on these bowl games, and, and you'll be the, um, you know, the determining, the, the judge of, when you're going to enter the marketplace. And again, you know, I talked about motivation earlier in bowl games. Motivation certainly continues to play a major role in the handicap of college football bowl games. You know, which teams are excited to be playing their bowl game opponent? And perhaps that team that's excited, they're probably, you know, punching up in class a little bit. They're probably excited because they're playing a team, quote, unquote, that's more notable, that's from a bigger league. Uh, so they're, they're maybe punching up in class as the betting underdog. 
So you're looking at those kind of teams that are really motivated, really pumped up about it. And then conversely, which teams saw their seasons maybe fall short of expectations? And this really isn't the bowl they were hoping for. And they're perhaps, you know, somewhat invested, but not fully committed to the bowl game mission at hand. So, you, you know, these things are, I'm not going to say they're easy to, to judge which teams fall into each of those categories once the bowl pairings are announced. But most of you, you know, probably could come up with a list that would be probably similar to mine. So look at motivation when you're talking about these college football bowl games. I'm going to give you a, a quick complimentary selection this week, and then I'm going to be on my way and do some more work before I join family here in a couple of hours for Thanksgiving meal. But uh, this is going to be in a Pac-12 game, a rivalry game referred to as the Apple Cup. And those of you who follow college football closely know that the Apple Cup features the two uh, Power Five schools in Washington State, those two being the University of Washington and Washington State. And in recent years, the Apple Cup anyway, it's been a one-sided series. Washington has won 10 of the last 12 meetings. They've actually covered 9 of the last 12 meetings. For those of you who are known to engage in the business of 11 to get back 10 occasionally, so they've covered 9 of the last 12. Washington, though, did get steamrolled last year by Washington State at home in Seattle, 40 to 13. And I think that outcome, you know, I'm not a big revenge guy, but that outcome probably still has to be somewhat fresh on the Huskies' minds. So uh, I think that's a little bit of an advantage here. Not a huge factor in my handicap, but at least a little bit. And if you remember Washington's season last year, their second-year head coach, Jimmy Lake, uh, he was fired early in the season. They were kind of a rudderless ship all year and probably didn't come into that uh, Apple Cup um, as, uh, you know, revved up as they might in most years. But you look at this Washington team I spoke of, uh, again, a little bit earlier in the podcast. They have gradually improved over the course of the uh, 2022 season. They've won their last five games. That includes three-point victories over Oregon State and Oregon, uh, the latter of which uh, they defeated the Ducks in Eugene uh, as almost a two-touchdown underdog. I think that game closed around 12.5 or 13 points. Washington won that game outright. Uh, again, transfer quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Uh, just doing a exceptional job uh, guiding that Washington offense. You look at Washington State on the other sideline, their most notable victory this season, certainly defeating Wisconsin 17-14 to uh, in Week 2. That was on the road in Madison. But in that game, I think it's important to note that Washington State only had 10 first downs and 253 yards uh, in the win over the Badgers. Washington State benefited from three Wisconsin turnovers in that game. The Badgers also uh, flagged 11 times for 103 yards. Wisconsin, you know, to be blunt about it as well, not one of their better additions this year. They're 6-5, and five, I believe, as they enter the final weekend of the regular season. Other than Wisconsin, you look at the other five FBS teams defeated by Washington State, 
So the five teams they beat, the five FBS teams, they also beat Idaho, which is no longer an FBS team. So we're just looking at the five FBS teams other than Wisconsin. Those five teams currently a combined 16 and 39. Uh, So not exactly a who's who of college football royalty are the teams defeated by the Cougars this year outside of Wisconsin. So in summation, Washington's the better team. They're getting better each week. They're only giving one and a half. I think Washington defeats Washington State by a field goal or more this weekend in Pullman. Take Washington minus one and a half over their rival, the Washington State Cougars. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you listening to me on this Thanksgiving weekend. If you're traveling, be safe. Uh, Be courteous. Um, Hope you get to spend, again, the, the, the holiday with those people uh, who are closest to you, uh, who bring happiness to you, who bring joy to your life. And uh, in any event, watch a little college football, hopefully this weekend. Eat some good food. Again, have some fun. Have some good fellowship. Until next time, signing off again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.